Uh, so you've met Chris. Hello. Hello. Hiya. <laughs> the troll that guards. I can't call you a troll. Troll. No, but it's a bit like being under a very glamorous bridge, you know, coming in here. It's a very glamorous bridge. Very glamorous bridge. <laughs> the most glamorous bridge. And I live in Stamford. What are your first thoughts of Backland Studios? If you were to kind of come up with some key words, what the things that stand out? Wicked. Yeah, I want to keep it kind of funky, you know, kind of like yourself, Mark. I'm not fashionable. Oh. I don't know, with those odd socks. <laughs> That's a trendsetter, right? They there. are fulfilling a function and... I quite, I, I deliberately am quite up for odd socks. Yeah. Because I, I guess I'm in a job where I, it doesn't really matter. No. Like no mm. one really wants a poet to turn up at their school looking smart. <laughs> Hello and welcome to Write Club. This is a podcast about writing, new writing, hopefully yours. As this series progresses, we're asking people to send in things that they've written. Poems, stories, raps, whatever you've got, um, we would love to play it. We think that every writer has a piece of writing that is worth sharing. And personally, I really enjoy hearing work from new writers. Um, I find it really exciting. Uh, my name is Mark, uh, Mark Grist. Uh, I'm a writer myself and I'm learning something with every piece I get to hear, which I think is great. Uh, we've also got in the booth, uh, we've got Chris. Hello. Uh, the devil with the levels. Wow. <laughs> I'll take it actually yeah, it's good. <laughs> it took me a surprising amount of time to come up with that <laughs> um, and, and and we are it's hot right which yep. probably is quite fitting with the, the, the devil motif it is over 30 degrees right now mm-hmm. um, so yeah it is hot out there we heard some rumbling of storm overhead. I was hungry. Which might be a sign for the direction this episode is going because we've had some very lovely, positive vibes on the series so far. But today is about conflict. It's about challenge. <laughs> there can be only one. Uh, I'm, I'm assuming we've got some like Highlander theme music playing in the background as I'm introing here because um, we've got a slightly different format today. I've got two other um, incredible poets who have joined me in the studio. We have got Charlie, Jennifer, and Keely Mills. Let the games begin. That's amazing. There was no conflab before that. That's the that's the tune you instantly felt associated with. <laughs> I know Charlie and Keely pretty well. I've been very fortunate to get to work with them in Peterborough over the past. Gosh decade i guess maybe even more uh, and uh, you know i'll let them introduce themselves so first up we've got charlie jennifer hi uh, yeah um i'm charlie jennifer i've been a professional poet for about eight years now pronouns are she her if you live in peterborough you'll likely have spotted me in town i'm very easy to spot i've got a bright blue buzz cut tattoos everywhere um my day job i work for a community arts organization called peter represents and then somehow managed to fit poetry projects on top of that perform a lot of my work also work with young people a lot and everything in between really so before we carry on uh, my pronouns are he him uh and chris yours uh, yeah he him fantastic and we've also got um keely mills here as well <laughs> keely no. has uh, no keely has moved on to the uh, hilly heights of stanford um, <laughs> um uh which is fantastic uh <laughs> it's great being poor in a rich town <laughs> great charity shops <laughs> and uh i've known keely for quite a while we've performed many 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 um 
shows together and mm-hmm. run many events together. But I'll let Keely introduce herself. Hi, yeah, I'm Keely Mills. My pronouns are she, her. Um, I, you might have seen me around Peterborough. You might have thought, who's that mad woman um, <laughs> with really curly hair? But actually, if you live in Peterborough, you might have either sat or driven past or swam near my poetry. A little mm. Peterborough tip bit for you. We have a Lido in Peterborough and Keely and Charlie, have you got work there yeah. as well? Yeah, yeah, yeah. an uh, extract. Thanks to Keely. Yeah. Mine's on the dressing room, on the showers. Oh, yeah. Mine's on the stairs as you swim past the three mm. lines on the stairs. There we go. Uh, <laughs> some much needed water on a very hot day. Um, oh. Uh, so um, that's the three of us And we have I guess we've got like a, a local <laughs> Claim to f- I don't know Like we we each locally have, have held a um, A position I suppose As we have each been Poet Laureate of Peterborough mm. At some mm. point So um, But I think as Poet Laureates We've all spent At least a year Really really locked in Thinking about Peterborough And I think It's done more than that It's shaped how we write And we're always thinking about Kind of creating work That hopefully is of use To people within the city And that's why we're all here today Because we We set up a night together um, A while ago um, Called Write Club Yes that's right This podcast you're listening to right now um, Write Club Open Mic This is like an Evolved format it used to be mainly an online space for like three years uh during the pandemic but before it was the right club online space uh right club was a live performance uh, event that took place in venues across the city um stoneworks was the first venue we went for yeah right club was uh a lively like pub night yes. where poets would i mean right club the similarities with the name Fight Club were, were intentional. It was quite <laughs> competitive, right? Yeah, it um, was. Does either of you guys want to um, give a, a breakdown of what those nights were like? Yeah, so the format of the night, um, there was three of us that were each team captains and we each had 20 minutes to fill. So we'd ask our mates to write to a theme that was decided by our favourite audience member of the previous night. Yes. And we had some weird themes, (laughs) some brilliant ones and some weird ones. Um, And then, so each poet would get up, each team would get up, do their 20 minutes and then the audience would vote for their favourite team with poker chips. That's yeah. right. We'd have pint glasses to represent each of the teams at the bar and everyone in the audience got given poker chips and you could place them in the pint glass for the team you liked the most. The winning team would win uh, free beer each from the bar, which at Stoneworks, pretty much the same as getting a mortgage out. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I agree. And also, I mean, we used to downplay the competitiveness between the three of us, but... In reality. In reality. Yeah, we were keeping a running score of who won the most. Yeah. It was not me. Oh. Charlie did win several times. But I won the most. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a tattoo. It's the only tattoo I've got. <laughs> I can't show you where it is. Um, yeah, absolutely. Uh, Keely won the most. I think Charlie came Sorry, second. what was that, Mark? <laughs> She's getting into it what, what was that? Ke- Keely's team um, won the most. Thank you. Uh, I, I, in many ways, um, when we determined the, the order of the performance, I would always draw the first <laughs> slot, which is fine. A lot of people would turn up after my 
performed my team oh, had performed i think that's but, the reason but that's also you reason. kind of you, just, you forget what's been on earlier on and it's mm-hmm. cool it's cool i i just like being able to facilitate you guys getting a win <laughs> so as you can see it's really good natured we have really grown, <laughs> really grown about that. so so what we're gonna do um is we're gonna on a very hot day when you know Tempers are more likely to flare anyway. <laughs> we are going to each uh, deliver 10 minutes of uh, material that we really, really like from different people that sent work in. And there is going to be a bit of a competition here. I guess we need an audience. And, and right now, Chris, I'm afraid that is you. Excellent. So there's a lot of pressure on you, Chris. Hey, look, I've got it. i got you, this. You look good on that, Chris. Thanks very much. I think you look better, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about this, but I'm... Um, so, <laughs> I might have to just quickly uh, just stop this recording and do what I need to do. <laughs> I'll be back in about uh, probably about two seconds, <laughs> and then I'll be okay again. Yeah. <laughs> so here's the plan: we are going to each um, share our segments of work, and it's a bit like hard today, really. Like mm. we're we're just going to have a bit of fun. We're going to hear some different voices, and we're going to uh, listen to pieces based upon. Our theme, which, oh, Chris, the theme today is... Mm. Maximum power. Who let, who let Arnold <laughs> Schwarzenegger into the... Maximum power. That was... That was scary. Get, can you say get to the chopper in the same voice? You know what? I don't want to blow my own trumpet, but I really can. <laughs> get to the chopper. Oh. Wow. That is... There you go. That's the Not winner, right, Club? A man right of hidden depths. <laughs> That's the winner. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Um, um, we're going to get ourselves set up because um, we need to work out the order we're going to go in. Um, whilst we do that, why not have a listen to one of our Right Club online members, uh, Brian? Here's his take on the theme of maximum power. My self confessed scribbler from Salford. I work as a volunteer assistant in the museum and a volunteer field of play assistant on the field of play at East Manchester. I had additions to fix PCs for a living. Something I did quite well with help. But then I found myself sat in a classroom talking about rhythms and rhymes as the device of recovery after a major league off to stop my brain from swelling. Hydrocephalus. Big word. It got me out of the house. For what I thought was 30 days in April 2010. I just kept on writing. You'll find most of it on the blog that I'd created, Ink Drops blog. Here's my piece on maximum power. Mornings come quickly in my neighbourhood. The neon lights lining the streets fade and the giant fireball we call the sun expels its warm air into the atmosphere. It wakes both flora and fauna as many rise their heads to check out the weather. Usually. You'd see our feathered friends, but not till ten. Moments of mercury movement are on the way. Pigeons, blackbirds and sparrows turning the volume up to a hundred. Out on the terrace, chasing the squirrels in a quest to nab the finest of nature's bounty. And when they're done, they'll head for the water in the expectation that the humans have left something nice on the greens. Reaction to their arrival? An absolute free-for-all. Especially when the wharf is covered in seeds. Oh, it's lovely, Brian. Mm. Thank you so much. I love the the rhymes in there, Brian. It's just, it's so sincere, your writing, and it's just really, like, lovely to listen to, I think. 
I think the perfect voice as well for poetry. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, no. Spot on. It was wicked. Yeah. Thank you so much, Brian. A lovely palate cleanser before we kick things off. So now we need to decide the running order. Um, I've placed uh, three beer mats um, in front of us and under each beer mat, I've put a little slip of paper. One that says number one for going first, one that says number two for going second and number three for the uh, for the segment that will finish this episode. Um, who wants to draw first? Oh, cheese. Yeah? Yep. Number two. <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> Lovely. Yes, my favourite number. Oh. <laughs> Shall I go next? Okay. Okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> Save the best or last number three. Oh, nice. yes. Oh, oh, oh. Right. Which, which, means, um, which means that I am going first. I'm very, very confident with the, um, the work that we've got to share. So, Are you performing? As part of your team? Uh, no, I'm not. I've got. I'm. So, what? What? Why not? Uh, I've only got ten minutes, mm. and I want to try and Chris. Yeah. I, I feel very much that this period of time is not about me. Yeah. Um, I, I don't want to monopolize. Yeah, but you but got us to write and perform. Do you not want to be equal pegging with your team and not a standout host? As, as much of a fan of pegging as I am. Yeah, I was going to say, it's <laughs> absolutely the wrong word to use, I think. Let's change that. <laughs> it's, going, it's going somewhere, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, it seems unfair that you're not performing and we're performing. I can't fit the pieces and fit into time, though. Well, we just have to... We just want to hear you anyway. Okay, okay. Well, yeah. Okay, I'll, I'll, read a, I'll read a piece at the end. Okay, I haven't read good. a piece on this podcast yet. So there you go. Well, there you go. There we go. All right. Okay. See how enabling we are? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> We're all about the platform. <laughs> okay. All right. Um, I guess, Chris, I'm first up. So uh, okay. thank you, guys. Uh, this has been my 10-minute segment. Welcome to the first segment of Right Club Open Mic today. This segment, we've got four different writers sharing their work with you. Um, three of those writers have sent work in to our email account. And one of the person is someone I specifically approached um, to share. Now, Vron McIntyre came to my workshop last week. We looked at the theme of maximum power and how to write about little things that really power you up. And this piece that she sent through to the email account really stood out to me. So, yeah, here is Vron with a small thing that definitely provides maximum power. When everything seems dismal, and I think I'm going to cry, when nothing goes the way it should, when the poetry well runs dry, when hope is lost and truth is dead and woe, oh woe is me, then a very special person brings a lovely cup of tea. Now, tea makers are varied, and that goes for tea bags too. You've got to get the taste just right. Not just any tea will do. How long to leave the bag in? Do you give it a squeeze? How much milk is too much if the drink is going to please? My partner makes an awesome brew, has practised hard and long, produces perfect cups of tea and never gets it wrong. I'll forgive the pile of tea bags and the odd splash that she spilled, but I'm slightly worried all the same that I've become de-skilled. I've got a lovely cuppa, but oh woe, oh woe is me. I'm no longer the authority on how to make my cup of tea. 
Thank you so much, Ron. Our next piece is from someone you've already heard on this podcast, Anne Atkins, who actually provided the very first piece on this series. Anne was at the workshop last week as well. And the final task I set the group was to write a story or a poem where we begin with some reported speech. As you kind of get someone to say something that maybe makes them sound high status as they kind of undermine you with something they've said. Lots of people approach this in the workshop, but Anne had an idea that was based on a real life event where someone had questioned her presence in a public bathroom. This is through a glass darkly. Are you sure you're in the right place, she says. I stand still, stunned into silence. I mean, I don't know what to do or say for the best. She continues, this is the ladies' room. You look like you should be in the gents. I think of a dozen things I'd like to say, but my jaw is hanging, dumbstruck. I didn't know that I had to match the symbol on the door, wearing a crinoline dress. I've been using a public toilet since I was four, so I think I can read the signs. How do you know what's beneath my clothes? Have you got x-ray eyes? Why is so obsessed with someone else? Didn't you, like me, just come in here to pee? Do you feel so threatened by someone who doesn't fit your narrow stereotype that you had to join the public toilet police? What do I need to do? Bring ID just to use the facilities? But of course, being British, the best I can do is mutter yes. Quickly wash my hands and hope that when she sees me shaken and distressed, that when she looks in the mirror to check her makeup, she also reflects. Thanks so much, Anne. I love hearing work that's come out of the workshops that we've had together. Our third piece, a guy I met at a music festival. Last year, I was at Shambhala, which might be my favourite music festival, I think. I was performing at the Phantom Laundry and running a rap battle workshop for families, um, people of all ages as well, where we each wrote as if we were different famous monsters or villains. This writer came up to me and said, hey, can I share more stuff with you? And, and he kind of lent in and, and read some of his writing. And it was really good. <laughs> I remember just standing there thinking, wow, this is amazing. Uh, his name was Jake, uh, Jake McDonald. And I, I said to Jake throughout the rest of the night, do you perform much? Do you get out about? And he said, no, not really. I've requested he write something for us now, and I'm super excited to have him as part of my team. This is Jake McDonald. Uh, hello. 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 Uh, I'm Jake McDonald. Um, I first met Mark at Shambhala in 2022. Uh, me and a couple of my friends turned up very hungover for his rap battle workshop, uh, and we won as Ursula the Sea Witch, which was nice. Um, I've been writing poetry on and off since I was a little kid. Never really done much with it. Uh, I usually write poems about random crap that pops into my head, like toothpicks, uh, birds that can't fly, and puddles, that sort of thing. Um, Mark asked me to be a part of the podcast, and the theme was power, so it was quite a new challenge for me, writing to a theme that wasn't something that just popped into my head. Uh, anyways, this is what I've come up with, and I hope you all like it. 
I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm all good. But I'm not quite feeling right like I should. And on the surface, I'm cool. It's nothing new and nothing changed, but scratched it all away. I feel defeated. I'm drained. My stomach feels strange and even breakfast seems hard. And the toaster is a c because my toast burnt charred. And all the trains are cancelled and my phone battery died. But it's all good. I'm fine. I'm not. It's just easier to lie. But I am fine. Well... I'm a little bit flat, but don't worry because sometimes people get like that. I'm not depressed, just feeling stressed. Mate, you'll be fine. Just get some rest. Get up, get dressed. Go out and see your friends, but don't go burning the candle at both ends. I burn the candle in the middle as I really can't stay still. It's like my brain is craving dopamine. I literally can't chill. And I very rarely stop. I'm on my feet and on the go until I run myself sluggish and my immune system is low. And my immune system is weak and every week another cold until I'm weak and tired at 38 years old. But I'm young, so I go out and I have fun. I'm still about. And I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm all good. But I could be better. I should be better. I'm young, so I go out and I have fun. My glass is half empty, so I fill it to the top and I sprinkle in some magic so the magic doesn't stop. And I'm borrowing the energy on Monday, I'll pay it back and maybe next week, Sunday, I'll find time to relax. But I won't because I can't because I'm always on the go until I'm tired and exhausted and my batteries are low. And so I slump into a grump and all my friends become my foes because I flake because I bell because I'm tired to my core. I'm 38 and used up all the power I had stored. So now I can't afford to rest and pay the power back. But every person has a breaking point, a point at which they'll crack. And it's important I don't reach that. I have a baby on the way. It's time to save some power up. I'm counting down the days. So I cut back on the drinking and I take back time for me. And I work on getting more sleep, but it don't come easily. So I say no to the extra shift and I say no to that meal. And I say no to my best friend. He says he knows the way I feel. And I say no to the work calls and to the extra episode. Then I accidentally say yes to the pub, but fuck, it's only down the road. And as the days draw closer, I know I have to strive to save my power for my daughter to give her the best start to her life. Because when she's young, she'll go out and she'll have fun when she's about. When she's young, she'll grow up with all the power of her father and her mum. When she's young, we'll go out and we'll have fun. That was Jake McDonald. Not only an all-powerful sea witch, but also a great writer and performer and a great dad as well. It's a little baby Noah who's come along. Um, just want to say huge congratulations to Jake and Rosie and Noah. And I know you will have lots and lots of fun moving forward. And so the last piece of my segment, a writer who's written about something that may seem small, but that has lent her a great deal of power. This is Fiona Robertson. Highlights. There's a way my grey hairs glint when they're dyed, like metallic strands of light in the purple or turquoise cloud of frizz piled on my head. And I can't wait to get greyer, to let that light take over. Each time I stand in front of a mirror, I turn my head this way and that, letting sunshine or fluorescence or LEDs bounce off the bright colours. The mirror has become a source of joy after so many years of avoiding it. I've seen my true self unfurl. When I couldn't afford the bleach and the dye, a friend bought them for me, said, you need to be you again. The first time I dyed my hair was when I first needed to use a wheelchair. And I wanted to convince myself people were staring because I was weird or cool, not because I was disabled. That concern has passed now. I'm fine with my chair and sticks. They are my tools of liberation. But there are other reasons I sometimes still need my hair to be brave for me. 
it's such a cliche and I let them win in a way, a little at least, because the fat, blue-haired feminist is too easy to dismiss. So I switched from mermaid to purple. For now. Still vivid. Still shining. And the joy from little kids pointing at the fairy women and old ladies telling me they love the colour and think they'll ask for the same next time has always been worth more than the men who call me names. Their only attack is to try to make me small. But do they really think I turn my hair bright colours because I'm interested in hiding? So that's us out. Uh, team number one finished. Woo! Love it. Yes, 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 yes. What an opening. Yeah, I was really, really, really impressed with, with these pieces. And it was just lovely getting to work with Fiona and Anne uh, and Vron on the workshop as well, getting to share their work. And you can't tell if any of them have performed for the first time or not. It was really good quality. Great. Yeah, yeah. I think Anne's piece stood out the most for me. Um mm. And I think it highlights why poetry is so important to explore real lived experiences and show them and platform them. I love Veron's because I like the everyday stuff that makes life really enjoyable. And that kind of talking about relationship, those little things mean a lot. So I really enjoyed that as well. Yeah, Fiona's is a barnstorming piece as well. And Jake, I mean, I still can't get over the fact that Jake doesn't really perform much i think his writing is so good thank you guys so much as a, a wonderful representation um um but we are ready for second segment right here i am <laughs> <laughs> welcome to my segment everybody and first off we have a beautiful courageous magnificent poet by the name of emily dickens who is now the new uh, poet laureate for stamford and uh, yeah Emily Dickens. I found my power. It wasn't gone, it was just dormant. Hiding between the gaps in my ribcage, I feel it emerge from its slumber like a dragon. It breathes life into my lungs, ignites an inferno in my belly, and I am reborn, a force to be reckoned with. I am no longer guarding my heart like a pool of golden treasures. I'm wearing it like a badge of honour. You cannot comprehend the strength it took to be this delicate. The violence I had to endure to become this patient. The power courses through my veins like lightning, electrifying every extremity and I am alive once more. Filled with light and life and love and laughter, I take care of myself and I take no prisoners. I use my newfound life force to keep myself safe, to no longer exist but to truly live, to feel everything with the intensity that has been in hibernation for years. I wield it like a hammer to rebuild from the ground up because I was missing for so much of my life. I sleepwalked my way through most of my teens and twenties, but I've never been so awake, so energised. Everything I see is so vibrant, a kaleidoscope of colour, previously unimaginable. I'm in 4K now, and there is no slowing me down. I am mighty, 
and filled with purpose because my power was not gone, not really. It was just taking a brief hiatus for a mid-season finale while I put the finishing touches to the map of my life. My future unfurls in front of me and I cannot wait to see what I do next. Uh, this poem is a little bit different for me and not as jovial as what I'm normally known for. Um, but I feel this subject is the maximum power that we have and we should cherish it. And the poem's called Magna Mater. The powerful, quiet, immortal earth, daughter, deity, mother, both almighty and grounded in herself. Born of a colliding dust and gas cloud. Her creation wrapped around stars. They called her Gaia, Terra, Globe. She kept a secret name so that her magic wouldn't break. She grew her gifts without any fear. Every day becoming more powerful than the ocean seabed. She could crush continents between her legs. Mutilate mountain ranges with her whispers. Control crops, tempt the moon, and bring thoughts in men's heads. She could give bliss with eye blinks. In her deep past, she was connected. Trees, mushrooms and language were her mycorrhizal networks. Distress signals flooded into her core and pleasure points pushed her to grow. Humans felt that kinship, sprouting religion, crafts and shamanism, exchanging energy, floating the flow. All the boxes were open to people. They made wheels and spears, urges to protect and survive. Emulating nature, using it as a muse, stripping it like snakes shed their skin. Men made more men. Ancestors grew distant, connections broken. Greed was not what she was born for. It cut through her veins like razor blades. She didn't know the want of her could change leaders into dictators. Hawthorn blossoms turned into battlefields. Rock pools glistening, redone in Dunkirk. Crucifixes and conquering altered her many fascinating cradles of life their maximum power at her expense. She watched all the gory injustices, each thing who suffered stepped on with progressive, prejudiced feet, every forest cleared, every holocaust, and all because a book, a craving, a belief sold them a better future. Yet her neglected nature made her fight for it, Decades passed with her in shadow, hoping her sunrises would inspire. But the world planted more slavery, witch hunts, fascists and trumps. She kept waiting for man to save her, to notice she was in the lonely tower. Then insects were declining, orcas attacked boats, trees were screaming. Glaziers left polar bears swimming and swimming. It's now another time to flourish in extinction. She remembers how the dinosaurs perished into chickens and dragonflies while she grew rare orchids for pleasure. Her superpower has always been life, 
given even when all gifts have been given. Rumbling reminders of this she has transmitted, but nations and their ministers don't listen. Two took up with their significance, scoffing over schoolgirl prophecies. They can't see that Magna Mater is retreating, that she's already written the breakup letter, started to take back land in wildfires, letting animals take the cities in pandemics. She will survive the death of bluebells and rhinos. This time, she might leave nothing. But men who are swimming and swimming. Enough from me, and I'm so excited for this next poet, who's also the final poet in my segment. And they are called Cat Beaton. They are incredible. They also happen to be another poet laureate, but this time of Peterborough. And they also happen to be gorgeous and magnificent as well. And I really hope you enjoy this piece. And uh, yeah, Cat Beaton. I'm Cat Beaton, the current poet laureate for Peterborough. More recently, known as the Dumpster Phoenix, because despite the many dumpster fires that keep raging in my life, I rise from the ashes every time. There is so much packed into this poem, from my experiences with abuse and struggling with my identity and sexuality to the wider impact of environmental issues and human rights. This is, in a nutshell, inspired by how I got here and how the world around me moves. Epic space and sleeping thoughts. Dragged through the void, compressed and nullified. Reforming on the other side, one molecule bouncing into another. No mind and barely matter. Basic steps choreographed behind trailing stars. Drawn from nothing. That's all they saw. Not tempered, but battered. My size a distraction, the poisoned attraction my sides can't keep in, the lies that have wings, a carrion bird living in my chest, the cage inside the shell. Afraid of the dark and the cracks in the ceiling, silence a weapon forged to keep me still. Losing the will to remember the shine on the wall, feet in the water, mind under matter. Shaking the feeling, warmth dying with the light. Stars shrouded by pollution, losing the clarity of night, a dance macabre with bars painted black. The cage becomes the comfort, key swallowed whole. The bird withers inside. Bi-directional impulse control. Suppression of chaos. Forming crystalline structures. Each facet an idea. Remaking the cage. Sculpting a platform. Testing creations. Stepping out onto the stage. Taking the dance to the crowd. Painting rainbows in the air, weaving tales from toxins, stepping cloud to cloud, flowing on a timeless tide, freed by a changed mind that learned to matter. The bird is buried, the night is bursting with life. 
I roll out on new wings, marking the constellations, igniting the space between, striding across nations, fighting for their eyes. My sound is a cloak, words in my slipstream, mind on show and all matter, crescendo in the clouds, steps built where comets stream and skilled up in galaxies, free running through the stars, meteoric mystery ride. The bird is a phoenix. My voice is alive. I burn so bright, the dark is afraid of me. Thank you very much. Yeah. <laughs> that was really, really good. I thought that was ace. I mean, I have all the laureates on my team. I was going to say, you have a team of laureates. (laughs) Yeah, so. I felt like I wanted to put on war paint by the end of it. I felt fired up like I could take on the world. I felt as well with both um, a cat and Emily's pieces, like it's about self-empowerment and other, you know, I feel like you could read those as a mantra, definitely. Yeah, really good, really engaging. Tricky job, Chris. Mm. Tricky job over there. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, Well, that is team two. Wrapped up. Team three. Absolutely. Charlie ready to go. All right, hand this hand over to Charlie. All right, let's do this. Hi there. My name is Jack Wilkin and my piece, Note to Self, uh, is inspired by those times that you feel yourself spiralling or negative things just pulling you down. And rather than letting those tracks continue and letting it get you down, you you find those small ways of just of just managing of just you know not descending any further you know it might take some time to rise up but you know those times that you can just hold yourself and there's great power in just being able to hold yourself and not get pulled away hi my name's spike i am a multimedia creative and artist my process for writing poetry is normally just speaking into a dictaphone and then replaying whatever words and phrases that I've put down and pulling them apart and putting the pieces back together again. And um, yeah, hopefully it formulates something which is nice for everybody's ears and and it's special for me. Hello, I'm Charlie and my poem on the theme of Maximum Power is an attempt to explore what might happen if the law took the law into its own hands and just got out of the way. And it's in response to all the recent news about anti-LGBTQI plus legislation and bans. And yeah, it's just imagining an alternative to that. Um, I'm Leo Kisa, and this is a poem I wrote on the theme of maximum power thinking about sort of what we're told is powerful and then what is actually powerful in real life. Because I think the common person, the everyday man, has a lot more power than those who are put in power. Note to self. The tracks spiral down further and faster, a rush of barbed metal laced with steel, reinforced with self-doubt, air thick with the stench of rotten words. Once the car starts, it just goes. A never-finishing ride in a theme park crowned in fog. 
and that would be that. Except today, in the footwell of the car, a postcard with its fleeting and timid message, Come Back Soon, signed with a hammer and blowtorch. Leveling out, not quite rising, not quite descending, iron dripping into sea foam, sliding out to a soft shore, and exhale. Packing away the hammer and blowtorch, folding the postcard like a return ticket for when the tracks spiral down. I, I am an ally, I lie. Am I? I, I despise my inconsistent disguise, the, the what's, where's and why's, the whispered words, the lies. Perfect pieces perpetuate my ego's demise. Those thick thighs. Abrogate. Verb. To end a law, agreement or custom. To treat as non-existent. The law says, Hey... I'm just words on paper. Have you forgotten that? The law says, do away with the foreclosure sign stapled to your tongue and you can forget the big red void. I won't dare stamp that across your teeth. The law says, I'll go ahead and melt the pitchforks, the handcuffs, the knives, the guns and make a shiny new currency. The law says no need to cross the street. The law says no extortionate fees, no infinite waiting times, no need for safe havens. The law says you can piss in peace. The law says do away with the sterile white coats that clogged your throat and the rope you replaced your veins with. I'll get rid. Your blood deserves space. The law says I got you. The law says, no matter what, I will not raid your chest because you are not a threat. The law says, look, I'm not getting in the way of change, so I'm just going to go ahead and abrogate. I, I wade through the hurt. I devour the heart that's under the shirt, the absolute power of choosing you first, but I wrap round the subject and call it a skirt. I feel we all lost something in growing up when the outlines of power were simple. You run faster than me, so you pick your team first. We had leaders and advisors and debates and votes we had our terms and conditions, and we all had our turn. She runs faster, he shouts louder, they write better, he climbs faster, he is taller, I can see further. Then it became who could lie the best or cry on cue, which person bought us all chocolate with their parents' money, 
whose group had been there longest. Why change that when it's okay for most of us? Then we were introduced to the people we'd never meet, the true leaders and advisors and debaters, deciding our schools and our pay and our jobs and our freedom. Of course, by this time, we were still too young to vote. We were taught to recognise true power, shiny new true power glossed and polished in fancy suits, people we'd never meet playing with our lives. We were taught to recognise and ignore the parts we didn't like, even if we could shout louder, could write better, had better ideas, could run faster. They were taught to remove our power at its maximum, the protesters being arrested who had more than they ever did. Our power, the greatest amount, extent or intensity, possible, permitted or recorded. Theirs, to hide what is possible, erase what is recorded and reduce what is permitted. Remember the simple, I can run faster, she can write better, he can climb further, you can shout louder, we can fight longer. We, we choose honesty, but let's just see if we lack the bravery and support from society that largely puts on an act but we feel that it's worth it for that arch in their back, that bulge, those beautiful cheekbones, that great rack. Bemused is he, amused is she. He, she, they. Thank you very much. That was team three. Yeah. Woo! That was powerful. That was. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> it's, I mean, I wouldn't like to call it. That was, that was mm. ace, Charlie. And and those performers um, who who performed as that, that was phenomenal. I, I know Spike. I've mm. run a Dungeons and Dragons campaign that Spike has been in. So getting to hear Spike's use of voice. So um, good. The lines as well, that line about the skirt. Mm -hmm. What was that? The Wrap around the subject and call it a skirt. That line. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the, the only decision I made with my team is that I wanted it to be fully LGBTQI plus extended family. Um, and yeah, I think even though their poems aren't necessarily directly about that experience collectively, there's something really powerful about all those voices coming together. Mm. Definitely. Leo, Jack, really love those pieces as well. Okay. I, you can feel the tension in Do you know what? <laughs> can you feel the tension, Chris? Yeah, I can feel something. <laughs> Is that the thunder? Yeah, that's, that's what they call me. Well, Chris, you are going to have to make a call in a, oh, in, in, in a moment. Mm. Um, but before we get to that, maybe we should um, say something about um, the upcoming workshop um, yeah. that we've got. So, so far on this podcast project, thanks to Arts Council England, have been able to offer... Um, workshops for £5 a ticket. Um, there are a limited number for each workshop. Every month you are going to be uh, guided through the process of creating something that hopefully, if you're happy with it, you could send to us at Right Club. Our email address is words at rightclubopenmic.com If you produce anything you want to share with us. So far, I think every workshop has sold out and I'm pretty mm. certain this workshop will sell out as well. 
this one is going to be run by Charlie and Keely, okay. who are here with me right now. Do you guys yeah. want to explain what the workshop is? Yeah, yeah. Keely, do you want to say what it's called? Well, the title is Two Poets, One Voice. Um, and the reason why we are really excited about this, because me and Charlie collaborate quite a lot. Um, both in our day job and also as poets and we've done um, residencies together before and we're both very different in our style but we find a way um, to kind of work together and approach maybe a subject in a very different way that yeah so that's what the workshop's going to be about how to keep hold of your voice but also work with other people as well yeah absolutely and I think we'll probably share some different exercises we've picked up over the years that we have used ourselves in the projects we've collaborated on together so lots of cut-up exercises um, you'll get to interact with other workshop participants as well because we'll no doubt set you on a collaboration task as part of the workshop mm -hmm. which will be wicked mm. That workshop is going to be taking place on the 9th of August yes. online. Um, we will put in a link to the Eventbrite uh, event in the description of this podcast. Tickets will sell out. I'm pretty certain about that. So you want to grab one um, nice and quickly. It'll be at 6 p.m. Um, until 7.30 p.m., I believe, on the 9th of August. Cool. Nice. There we go. All right, so we're just about ready for Chris. I'm not sure what to say on this one. I'm going to sit on the fence because they're all wicked. Um, Everyone is very disappointed. Oh. Yeah, I don't, I don't care what you say. <laughs> no, no, Devil generally, with the all... levels for a reason. Let <laughs> <laughs> the reason be love. <laughs> no, um, honestly, you know, they're all mega. So I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be fair. I don't think. All right, all right, I'll let you know which one I like. <laughs> Let's go, Charlie's. Yeah. Right, right. That's so arbitrary. Um, <laughs> Chris will have words at the end of this episode. No more buns I'm gonna go for home you. and cry. Great decision, Chris. Thanks, thanks very much. <laughs> thanks, I value Chris. I value my life, so yeah. <laughs> that is I would say that is just one person's opinion. Perhaps you had a favourite segment, but for me personally, and I'm sure for all of us, we don't we don't really care about the no, competition. Exactly. It's just a chance to celebrate different voices. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much to everyone that has sent work in. Um it's been phenomenal getting to to, to share what you've written and to to hear some new work. Um Think we're all done? Yeah, think so. Um, one last thing, as well as the workshop, we have a call out for new work. If you want to send your writing to Write Club Open Mic, there's no more competitive element. Uh, but the next episode we're collecting work for, the theme is who let you in here? So if you want to write about anything about being in an unusual and surprising environment, um, we'd love Ooh. to hear your ideas. Words at writeclubopenmic.com. It will only work if you send things in. Please send work in. Cool. Nice. Um, I need to read a piece. Do I need to read a piece? Yeah. Yeah, you do. Yeah. Okay. We're saying, yeah. Um, do you want to offend Charlie? No, you no, don't. No, you don't. Um, Okay, I've got a piece. I've got a piece. So I wrote this. Um, I visit a lot of schools and I visited this school a while ago. I often like to write pieces inspired by questions from young people because they're inherently kind of quite interesting questions. And this question was, why would I even want to be a poet? And so I gave a pretty bad answer to that at the time. And I went away and I thought I could write him a more honest answer about why you might want to be a poet. There's going to be some audience participation, I'm afraid. You might have to do <laughs> okay. some sounds. Okay. See how it goes. All right. It goes like this. When you're a poet, you get to make words work a little bit harder. You can make people think or just roll around with laughter. People who meet you assume 
that you're smarter and you don't have a boss. You can be your own master. You're never expected to show up on time for events. Eat the spread. You can top up on wine and you don't have to pay. Isn't it funny? Everyone thinks you don't have the money. When you're a poet, you don't need to purchase your mother a gift. You just scribble some words. You'll move her to bits as you jump on the table. Dishes all kick to the floor as you warble. Right, listen to this. The things that you say are now more important. Just talk about love or the soul, something poignant. And pretty soon when you just sat on the toilet, you'll pop and they'll knock down the door to record it. When you're a poet, you don't have to work. Just strive to rehearse a mood that looks thoughtful, mournful, reserved. You're a bit like an adult, except in reverse. Your tantrums are epic. Your outfit's absurd. People will dine on your words as they're flowing. Sometimes people might clap in the middle of the poem. Thank you, Chris. Yes, all of this showing how important you are. You're practically glowing. People you meet are paid to be nicer. You get your own name tag to prove you're a writer. When you get older, the king might invite you to pop round for tea. He might even knight you. When you're a poet, you don't have to tidy your room. You just lie on your bed looking kind of confused. Anyone who enters is swiftly reduced to their knees, left wheezing lungs bleached by the fumes. The stench from your chamber will hit like a stun gun. The belch from your armpits resembles a skunk's bum. In between poems, you might just hear someone say, gosh, he's bohemian. I think he just dropped one. Forget being good, you can now be obnoxious. All sorts of rudeness is widely encouraged. Byron was nasty and Larkin was horrid. No one will mind if you take your dad's porridge and pour in some salt. You'll bring him to tears when you stuff the odd firework inside his beard. But when he complains, the people will cheer. You're just like the naughty ones over the years. When you're a poet, the dogs will all bark. Ruff. Wolves will all howl. Ow. Rabbits will make a rabbity sound. <laughs> Look at how well you handle a crowd. Your friends will be jealous. Your mum will be proud. People you've just met, give them the third degree. How dare you come in here? Haven't you heard of me? Chucking a metaphor, landing it perfectly. Don't ever think, does this bring out the worst in me? You're like a wizard. Weird, a bit famous. Loving your brain, just how magic and great it is. Ruling all language. Power so limitless. Nothing about you. Remotely ridiculous. Lovely. Thank you very much. Yeah. That's wicked. Yeah. All right. There we go. That's the first thing I've read on the podcast. That's us finished um, for the episode. Thank you guys so much for listening. Thanks for having us, Mark. Thank yeah. you, Mark. And thank you so much, uh, Charlie Jennifer and Keely Mills, uh, for joining us here on Right Club Open Mic. Um, it's been a real pleasure having you along. Thanks to all the writers who submitted work that we were able to use on this episode. And a special thanks to Charlie Jennifer and Keely Mills for joining us in the studio and helping us have so much fun. Thanks to Arts Council England for supporting this project with public funding. And thanks to you for listening. <laughs>